Blog Talk Radio. Stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You want again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you have done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show And this is scan number 3220 That's 3220 Okay So uh, tonight we're going to have Dr. Warner on Um Somebody's making noise. I don't know who that is, but you better stop, otherwise we can't hear. Um, if you have speakers on, if people have their speakers on, always make sure you turn them off so that uh, it doesn't interfere with the show. Blog talk is very, very touchy. No lie. If you burp, it'll hear you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Okay. I'm very happy to have everyone here tonight. Uh, 951, is that you, Dr. Warner? 951 area code? No? Okay. 415, who am I speaking to? Hello, hello. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Um, let's see. Charlene, can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Okay. Because uh, the other two are not answering. I don't know what's going on. I have their mics open. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about the script conference, what I know, because you you are here. And also, probably one of those numbers is a 951 area code and there's a 415 area code. I don't know. Your three of you are together, I think, tonight. Is that correct? Um, I'm ready tonight. Oh, there we go. Okay, which one is that? I'm Dr. Dr. Warren. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Is it okay? Yeah. All right. I listen. Are you the nine? I are you nine five one or are you four one five? Which are you? I'm eight four one five. Okay. Then I can put you in here, and I know who the heck I'm talking to. Hold on a second. Okay, Dr. Warner. And the other one might just be someone who's uh, listening. I'm not sure. We'll have to see. Hold on a second. Let me get your name in there. I think I think oh. one may be my son. It might be your son. Yeah, he wants to say hello and talk about his book. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, that's fine. Uh, is Are you the son? Hello, 951. What's your name? Hello? I think he's I, I'm Sonia. I'm actually her daughter. Let me see uh, where Lawrence is. Okay. I see that there's two numbers here. Yeah, 951 is two numbers. Yeah, and they're, they're different numbers. Okay, 
Well, if he'd like to speak about his book, that's fine. I have no problem with that. But let me, first of all, get the, our mission statement out of the way and um, <clears throat> explain exactly what's going on here uh, to the people who are listening. So, okay, we have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. Presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone. Number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Okay, prevention, intervention, and recovery. So, okay, so we have a full house here of, of everyone being here. And um, let's see. Yes, okay, she's on hold. We have one more caller uh, on, Charlene, Charlene Steen. She's going, Stern, she's going to be speaking at the script conference, and she is on okay. the line, too. Okay, that's yes. fine. Thank it's you. not showing on the screen here, so I can't. Um, is she at your house or something, or what? No, she's there. She probably needs to press one. Okay, oh, all I'm, right. No. Well, oh. I have here, l- l- let me explain something, Okay. Um, I have a 951 area code, and um, that's uh, I don't know who that is, but I have a 951 area code, and I had another one, but I, you know, here it is. There's another 95 area code. I don't like to read the whole telephone numbers. I don't think that's smart. Okay. No, don't do that. No, no. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, I'll figure it out as we go along. <laughs> okay. So. Um, I need for whomever is going to start. First of all, let me explain what's going on here. Tonight is a special topic show, and you want to learn more about the script, then you you listen to this show because they're going to have the script out in California, the script conference, and uh, that's going to be held. Uh, what's the date of that, gal? So I know. It's, it's July not in the bio. And, it's July twentieth and first, and Darlene is nine two five. So that's where she is. She's the number that begins in 925. Okay. All right. I'm looking for 9. Yeah, I have a guest. Yes, that's right. I had spoken to her already. All right. So um, I want people to understand that once a year, Dr. Warner, uh, who is also a, a NASCA family member, um, puts together, along with the help of these other women here, these other people, the uh, script conference. They do it together. And they hold it out in in California because that's where they're from, I guess. And uh, so it's something that uh, Bill also, too, if he's able to, goes to and is a part of. So this is all very good. And what they do at the script conference, I will give you a little bit of information from the bio. I don't usually do that, but people have to understand what the script conference is. Okay, and it's what you... um, Evidence suggests that abuse and neglect and other types of adverse experiences are significant risk factors for later physical and mental health problems, including drug and and or alcohol. I was talking about that last night. Criminal activity, yes. Suicide attempts. 
domestic violence, cancer that I didn't know, and heart disease. And um, what they do is they actually call and, and talk, okay? They actually talk about what they're going to, the, the programs they're going to have at the script conference. And it's very good. I understand that last year everything turned out really well. And um, so I'm going to go from there. So I've read the uh, mission statement. And who would like to go first and talk about the script conference? Well, I guess I should since I created it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so script is a conference that started about male survivor trauma and violence. And this year we're back at the California Endowment Center on July 20th and 21st. And we our theme is DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And we have built the whole conference around different aspects of DEI. And it's not just about male survivor trauma and violence anymore. It's really about our communities coming together. And if we support our men, we support our community, right, because everything touches everybody else. And so this year we have such a wealth of people. But Scripps is a conference that's a little bit in reverse. Most conferences you have all these people telling people what they're getting. And at Scripps we have the people who are consumers and have participated um, with the people who make the laws and do the treatment um, on the same panel. So you might have someone who's been recently incarcerated with someone who's a warden of a prison or you might have a police officer and someone from Black Lives Matter. Um, And the reason I do that is because everybody's equal in our community. Everybody has a voice and everybody has a say-so. So it's really about the people in the community telling people what they need versus telling them what they're getting. And, and everybody's on a first-name basis, and Scripps is a family. And it really helps people be able to talk about what's happened in their lives and help them move forward. Well, that, that sounds very, very, very interesting. It really does. I, I wish that I could get out there, but I, I just simply can't. Anyway, I have to run the show. <laughs> so, you know, it just makes it all kind of hard. Um, Bill is not going to be here tonight. Uh, he's not feeling that great, and so I, I told him that I would cover for him. But I do always, um, at the end, um, I'm almost always with Dr. Warner at the end, and um, while people are being interviewed as to what they learned, you know, from the classes that, that you hold. Now, this script conference, let me ask you something. How long does it go for? How many days? Today, this time, it's two days, and it's mm-hmm. at the California July 20th and 21st. You can go to thescriptconference.com and find out more information. The schedule is up. Um, if you sign up on the Listen and Love University, you'll be able to see everybody's bio, abstract, um, PowerPoint, everything that they're presenting. Um, and one thing about the script conference, it's absolutely free to anyone who wants to attend. All of the materials, everything, um, all the talks, we never charge anyone because we believe everybody should get free training. And if we do that more, more people would be able to apply all of that to their lives and become change agents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe that, uh, to be honest with you, if more people, especially in communities, all right, this is very important, if communities would come together in their own community and work together, know the signs of child abuse, um, and if you see something, for God's sake, say something, all right? This is very, very important. It just truly is. And we need for more people 
to uh, realize that it is their responsibility. You know, if you see something, you say something, because quite frankly, um, I don't know if this is all across the uh, United States, yes, but they were trying very hard. Say if a neighborhood child was injured and neighbors knew about it, knew that the child was being beaten, we'll use that, um, and didn't say anything, oh, yeah, people would also, too, get into trouble. So, you see, it's like a community effort, and we need for people to step up, and I do a lot of community work, all right, to step up and to say, yes, I saw something, and to realize, too, that they're not going to get into trouble. Now, in New Jersey, which is where I'm living here, um, it, it's, it's, uh, everyone's a mandated reporter. Yes, the professionals like the teachers, people like we here at NASCO, whatever, um, we're, we are the professionals. But also, too, if you just live right down the street and you see something, you're in a little different category, but your voice matters and counts, okay? And, and people are expected, um, at least out here, to be a mandated reporter, and that's very important. I think if we had right. more community, yes, if we had more community action where people did get involved and, you know, see something, say something, it might help with the stats, which really um, is something that upsets me. Um, always seeing the statistics of, of child abuse and, and how many kids are actually being abused. It's time, I think, for the people and for the survivors to step up and do a better job. I believe that. Well, I mean, that's a good thing to say, and it's, it's, it's definitely something that should happen. Charlene um, Stearns is on the line here, and she called in. She's presenting at script, and she's presenting on the Polynesian culture and juvenile justice and things that have happened um, within that culture. Um, and I'm sure she has a unique perspective from her background because she actually works with me um, in one of the jail settings that I work at, and she sees the aftermath of what happens when you don't protect people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's good. Let's um, hear something. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Warner, and thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so we're going to be presenting on the um, Tongan American adolescents, the uh, transitional age youth population. Um, I don't have the actual year that this statistic came out, but there's a really high Tongan Polynesian um, population in San Mateo, the Bay Area, San Francisco area, um, in San Mateo County in particular. So we will be presenting on that. Me and Dr. Longy will be presenting on that at the script conference and, you know, um, talking, discussing at-risk uh, behaviors and concerns among Tongan youth and adolescents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. That's That's wonderful. You see, I, I think that what we need is more awareness. Even uh, look, I've been on this show for 13 years now. Dr. Warner knows that, and um, I have to admit that now more things are being spoken about with child abuse. I mean, if you turn on the news, I happen to be a news buff. You probably hate that, but I happen to be a news buff, and um, they are talking about child abuse a lot. Whereas before, many years ago, when I first started working on this show, being a part of this show, um, they didn't talk about child abuse. They just didn't. Um, it was it was like unless something horrific happened, okay, um, a one-time deal here and a one-time deal there. But now it's something that's brought more out in, in the forefront because there is so much of it and there's so much problems in our inner cities, you know, where the kids – 
um, are, are going crazy. They just simply are. And uh, they're going out there looting. They can steal a certain amount of clothing or jewelry or whatever as long as it's under a 1000 Then it's not a grand larceny type of deal. And then I always tell people, though, to look inside the family unit. Because inside the family unit is where many times a lot of the problem starts, the physical, the mental, the emotional, the sexual, and the neglect. It starts many times right in the family unit. So don't always judge the kids. Now, I'm a little bit protective because I used to work in detention, and um, I knew the backgrounds of all the kids you know, that were in detention. And I have to tell you that 95% of the time, those children came from homes that were very dysfunctional. So there's so many things to talk about with child abuse and needs to be uh, addressed. And, um, you know, again, if a child is working out and, and, and acting out and acting all kinds of crazy, go to the family unit and, and let's see what's going on there. Same thing with bullying. Kids get bullied at home, yeah. then they go out on the street, and what do they do? They bully the kids out on the street. And I know that because my kids got beat up, and boy, was I mad. <laughs> yes, I was. So there's so much, uh, when you have the topic of, of child abuse, there just simply is so much that can be addressed and covered and has to even be brought out more. But I feel that we need more people to become aware of the fact that they too, hey, your house might get broken into. Why? Because of this drug abuse, right? They need money. There's just so many things and ways to speak to people so that they become more aware of the fact of why they should take an interest as a community. There, I said my sure, say. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Working, working in the forensic setting that I work in, I see the generational, um, generational trauma and child abuse that occurs. Um, mm-hmm. there's a client, you know, without giving too much detail, he's 21 and his siblings and cousins who look up to him are now in juvenile justice, you know, mm-hmm. to try to be with him. And they came from adults, you know, um, parents that told him that they wouldn't amount to anything. And mm-hmm. it's sad to say, but they're, they're not breaking that cycle, unfortunately. And it's, it's really hard to see as a clinician. Well, that's what happens, though. We know this, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, many times it is, you know, right in the in the family unit, and it's generational, like you said. And, uh, oh, okay, I smacked my kid around. I smacked my kid around. I got smacked around. I turned out all right. Well, no, you didn't. You're probably down at the end of the bar getting drunk, and then you'll go home, <laughs> and you'll start smacking your family around. This happens far too often. And then the kids, because they see violence, it's violence in their home, and uh, they grow up with violence, they too, many times more than not, turn into violent people. And and they're just doing what they knew, okay, what they grew up in. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Carol, let my son talk about his book real quick um, so that he can hang up. Um, So, Lawrence, tell them about your book and about your script, Scoop, real quick. On. Let's see. Is this a two one three number? I have it up. Oh, it just turned again. Okay, four one five seven nine. Uh, uh, mm. <laughs> I don't see the whole number, please. No, no, I you. didn't. I didn't. I didn't. 
Um, is that him? It is nine five one. Hmm. And the next number begins in a four. No, well, I don't see that one. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not here. I do not have that number here. Okay, I'm gonna text him. Yeah, text him. Let's get him on. I'd be interested in hearing about it. Okay, he's dialing in right now. Okay, good. But while he's doing that, um, we can talk about so this is his third. You have it? Yeah, um, because I said the four, so that tells me something. Let me let me open up his mic and and let let's see if it's if this is right. Hi, Lawrence. Yes, why don't you tell them about your book and um, what it's about and your script scoop. So um, where should I start, with the first book, with the second book, with the third book, or just in general? Start with this one and how it was created. All right, so my third book and current one that it is going to is just now starting to be sold. I'm just find it on Amazon and all that is Johnny Frost Serious Situation. So, um, actually, the main story of the book is that Johnny Frost, who works for Backwoods Builders, um, would make more sense if he read the other book. Is faced with a DEI dilemma as her father, Big Bob Billy Goat, and um, just for your information, Sonia Foss is named after my sister, Sonia, and Big Bob Billy Goat is named after my father. And um, um, her father, Big Bob Billy Goat, runs his bakery, right? But, like, they're all animals, and not all animals have some. So, oh, he told all the animals without thumbs, no thumbs, no coffee. So now they're protesting that they can't have coffee because they feel they're being discriminated against. So Sonny's boss comes, and she's like, yeah, you can't do that. So then in, in through a long and complicated um, I, Lawrence. How does it connect to DEI? Oh, how does it connect to DEI? So basically, through the story, Big Bob learns about the importance of DEI and how everyone should have equal opportunities. So, like, he goes into the story thinking that no thumbs, no coffee, how are you supposed to hold a cup? And he comes out of it with the mind that of, well, we just have to learn to accommodate people. And that's basically what the story of DEI throughout the years has been. Like, in the beginning, that's how it was for, or like, pretty much the whole human race. And 
it's slowly and slowly becoming more of um sorry this is my first time on the radio of, of being able to accommodate people learning to accommodate the, if you're in in most of the country ignore Texas and stuff but but so how, anyone, how are you how are you going to how are you going to work on this at script with the script scoop so with the script scoop, I am going to go around to people and I'm going to ask them about script, how, ask them how they feel about script, ask is, um, what's their favorite part of script, what do they maybe dislike about script, and get their feedback so that we can, from anyone, no matter who it is, and I'm going to make sure that I get it input from people of different backgrounds and in races and genders and all that so that we can go into it next year knowing in what everyone wants from script so that the next script can hopefully be ten times better. Perfect. And we can get your book at script, correct? Yes. You can buy any of my books at script if or, or my mother's book, His History, Her Story, or Barbara and My Boys. And in our newest script book, Russo Lee, which is actually from a first-time author at script. So you have a bunch of books to choose from about all sorts of different topics. So whatever or you want to learn about, you're going to find mm-hmm. a book like that at script. And if you want something else out of script, we're going to have QR codes where you can order merch on Amazon and whatnot. So, oh, you have um, all sorts yep, of options to choose. And you can get them at Dr. Deborah's Things and more. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I guess everyone could hear that. And um, so why don't you uh, talk about um, I think it would be a good idea so that people can get a better idea of what you know, really happens at the script conference. Why don't you talk about the uh, the programs that you offer or the classes, rather, that you offer, the people, the different titles, what it's going to cover? Um, it's going to cover all kinds of topics. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things that um, – that, you know, Lawrence was talking about was we have a new book um, by Tommy T. Top Rivers, who will be on next Wednesday with me on this show um, to talk about his book and his story about male survivor trauma and violence and being an incarcerated person and changing his life. Um, Mm -hmm. We're talking about that. We're talking about um, police brutality, but we're also going to talk about um, trauma, sexual abuse, um, substance abuse, but how these connect to diversity and how these connect to thinking about things differently. And if we did think about things differently and we did think about the perspective of someone being traumatized, that the world would be different and what we can do to change um, and how we can have community safety and community police each other. Um, And so the books that Lawrence is talking about are all in my Amazon store, but they'll also be available at Scripps. And if you come to Scripps and you get them, then you also will get a discount and you can also take, one of the things we did was created courses for all those books so that you can continue the message of script year long. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that, that's good. That's good. Um, it's important that people understand, you know, exactly what's being offered there as courses. And, of course, everything, of course, as you uh, mentioned, all the things that you're speaking about are, is, is making public awareness, and that's so, so important. And it's also helping those who are in, in trouble themselves, all right, where um, they have psychological issues and, and so forth, and, and that would be covered maybe in a different type of class. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about it, you know, and, and also, too, Hoping that you know you do a very you have a nice uh, you know amount of people that come to the uh, courses. Um, yeah, you know, when you have, have go ahead. We have three hundred and fifty-eight people signed up. Um, our Great. goal is four hundred, so registration ends on um, July fourteenth. Um, after mm-hmm. that, you have to come at the door. Um, so you can still register by going to the scriptconference.com, the scriptconference.com, and register yourself for the event. So I cannot wait to see everybody there and every year. And our theme is blue. So we always ask people to wear blue to be in solidarity of male survivor trauma and violence, but all trauma and violence across, um, across any kind of trauma and violence, the color is royal blue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you've gotten that information out, and that's what's important, too. So um, who else wants to speak? What else do you want to talk about? There's enough of you here. So I'm trying to figure out who would like to uh, speak. Is there anyone that we um, that we missed? I don't know who all's on the, the call, so I can only see people. So. There's been a couple of them that dropped, um, the 533 and, and the um, 478. Well, that was her sign, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Um, so anyway, all right, th- this is a big thing. And, um, like, for about five years I was going over to the university, and uh, we had Crime Victims Week. And that's why I asked how many days you go, because we went for seven days. And it was covering all different types of co- of topics, um, that since has stopped since the COVID, and that's too bad um, because so much information was given out, you know, at the uh, the conference that I was a part of. And we need to have these conferences. People need to be educated. Um, and then, too, the, those who work in the field, um, maybe they can get even more educated. There might be something there that they can learn, and they can go out then and, uh, you know, Pass that information around. That's what makes it so um, so important. Okay, is is to be able to do that and hope that people listen. All right. So you're what you're doing here tonight is you're discussing the summit on community re- resilience, intervention, prevention, and training. Let me ask you something. Prevention. Mm-hmm. I I am a stickler on on this prevention. Um, how do you what, what do you say about prevention? How do you teach people uh, about prevention? What do you say to people? Say they're parents. They can be parents. Oh my God! One of the things I always say to people is that you know you have to pay attention to people around you. You have to pay attention to how people interact with you. And you know if you get that hair in the back of your neck that stands up, that's something you you need to listen to, right? And you never know how someone is. You never know their background. You never know how to to trust them. And so, and really the thing that people don't realize, people can have whatever belief system. They can be whoever they are in this world. And what they need is access. 
your child, right? And so mm-hmm. just by putting a barrier there, right, you've denied them access. They can't harm your child. So if your child wants to go on a sleepover, well, go with them. They want to go to camp, be a camp counselor, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact mm-hmm. that your presence is there is a deterrent, and your child will be safer. And you can't care what people think. You have to do what's right for you and you for your child. And, and you can't be too trusting of anybody because that's something that is earned. That is something that is earned, and they earn to be around your child. That is a privilege. And you can't mm-hmm. give that privilege to everybody. Well, that's good. I, I like that. Um, I remember when my, my daughter was young and they were going into the city, I mean New York City, okay, and and they would go to a certain events, maybe to the museum. That was a trip, um, you know, some other type of things that they did. They would have um, at least two or three parents on the buses, and and I think that's very good because <clears throat> number one, it kept order, <laughs> okay, and, and number two, um, you know, the kids feel good, especially if it's their parent who was chosen, you know, to go on the trip. Because even though people would, you know, volunteer, they would do the choosing. And one time I had to go, which was all right. I went into the city. I happen to love New York City. I don't know why, but I do. I was born there. And for one thing, not in the city, but upstate. And then lived in Staten Island. So I'm a New Yorker by at heart. But um, the point is, uh, it's a good thing to, it's a good bonding thing. Parents need to bond better with their children. So if they're even doing something like that, it's it's a good way for them to feel, hey, my mom is here, and, and they feel good about it and, and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, parents need to become more involved with their children's lives. I know we live in a busy world, a strange world right now. Um, both parents usually have to work. That makes it hard. But uh, on the other hand, I think that every parent, even if it's on a Saturday night, whatever, um, should sit their children down and really have maybe play games with them, board games, card games, whatever, and and ask them, you know, how is school? How are you feeling about this? How are you doing with that? And so that you get that bonding, you get that bonding together. And then that way if something does happen to them and you, you've already spoken to them a little bit, and that's something that really needs to be done more, um, about in prevention with the uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly is the way that I put it, that's out there, they know that they can come to their parents, they can feel comfortable going to their parents, and their parents will believe them. Now, that's something that very much parents need to learn. They have to learn this. And this, again, is in prevention. And that's something that I talk a lot about is prevention. So I like to see that you have here intervention, that's how to speak to a child. Um, community resilience, okay, if there's problems happening, uh, community coming together. Uh, and uh, th- so you're going to have a lot of training going on there and a lot of things to talk about. And hopefully you'll get a huge number of people that will come and they'll walk away with knowledge maybe that they didn't already have because this isn't a popular subject, <laughs> right? We know this. So, um it's needed, though, if we're going to have more help for kids and if the kids and the parents are going to bond together more, and that's very strong in the family unit, yeah. So I'm glad you're doing this. 
Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's something that's near and dear to my heart, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I love doing it here. Um, I, you know, I love doing it for the community. I love doing it for, you know, the exposure. I mean, in fact, my son's involved now. My daughter's involved. My daughter does the schedule. Like, everybody's involved, you know. My daughter mm-hmm. wrote a cookbook last year and told her story about being a foster kid and what happened to her, you know. And mm-hmm. all of that makes such a great story, but it helps other people open up to what they need to do and who they are and how to help other people. You know, people don't realize, yeah, I do this conference, but I live this also every day through the people that are around me. You know, I'm not just a talking head. I did this for a reason. I did this to create change. I did this so my daughter wouldn't be harmed again or my husband. You know, people don't realize that there there is someone who is living it behind this conference, not someone who's just putting it on. Mm-hmm. That's that's very good. That's just true. Well, so many of us that, that work in the field, all right, um, we're, we're survivors. And I really believe that um, it's good to have, you know, the schooling. I have that, too. We, we all do, all right? But if you're um, someone who is a survivor and you've walked the walk, then you can talk the talk and you have a better understanding of what kids go through. Um, you know how they feel because you've been there. You know what I'm saying? So you become very then uh, effective, you know, in, in helping community and teaching community and understanding kids when they, you know, when they are in trouble. One thing I think that um, what kids need in, in all communities is knowing if they don't have that bonding at home, if something does happen to them, whatever, if, if someone makes them feel uncomfortable, uh, whatever the situation might be, or they're being bullied, um, it's good if they have someone or some organization that they can go to where someone's going to listen to them. And uh, that's that's hard, too, because we can't always touch, you know, on and, and, and I shouldn't say it, put it that way, but we can't always, well, we can't always expect for the uh, school, you know, to have people to have, you know, help kids, because we know a lot of times school isn't the answer, you know, teachers in schools. It has to be something else. So it's a long, long thing, and it's something that uh, it has to be worked on all the time to come up with ways to keep kids safer. And that, again, of course, comes on the profession. Let me see if my co-host, Lori, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Um, yeah, I was having trouble with the phone, so. Yeah. Oh, all right, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's so, fine. Well, now you hear, I hear you well, too. Lori um, is, is my co-host, and, and I always love it when she's with me because she's always just so smart and good. But anyway, um, what do you think? You've never heard about the uh, script before, I don't think, have you? Um, no, um, not specifically, but um, from what I've heard so far, uh, I definitely think that this is a good idea that you've come up with and all the reasons that you came up with it um, for, you know, because it's part of society. It's how we deal with things today. Nothing's going away, so it has to come out. It's an organization that's bringing out the problem, getting to younger people through different ways. Um the only other thing I th- could think of um, to go with the organization, just for the kids, because school's not the best place. This um, uh, thing that we used to do, and it was a, 
a youth program. Uh, we would have the kids from our own organization, you know, meet uh, once a week. They kept them um, watched over. They felt safe. Uh, they learned things. They learned about themselves because we did what you did just in a different, you know, venue. And these kids actually thrived. I watched them. Um, so you're definitely, you know, uh, in the right direction. You know, I see it as a, as a perfectly good organization, you know, and hats off. I wish I lived in California that I could have gone there. I would have gone to it. I'm on the way, uh, you know, over here and can't travel. But, yeah, I think um, that definitely this would be something worthwhile for whoever can get there to do. Yeah, go and learn. Become advocates. That's right. That's right. Well, what they do at the Script Conference, um, you know, they're they're in the field, and um, but you know what? When, the more advocates that we have, whether they're in the field or not, or whether you train people so that they can, you know, be advocates, that's good too. Because the more people we have out there um, working for, you know, the safety of children, uh, the better. Uh, it says here more than 60% of the population has experienced at least one adverse childhood experience. More than 60%. So when you have 60% of people who have been in trouble one way or another with some sort of childhood experience, they certainly need help. All right. And even if there was only 1%, even one time, one person, that person needs to get the help that they need. Otherwise, it's going to turn into post-traumatic stress disorder, which it does so often anyway. So the more um, things that are offered out there, the more courses for people to learn from so that they can then, too, be a productive person in trying to be an advocate, you know, for kids who have been, um, you know, taken advantage of or have been abused or have been bullied. I mean, look at, how, look at all the kids that commit suicide, for God's sake. You mentioned suicide here also. Um, a lot of kids commit suicide who have been horribly abused and also, too, bullied. So, you know, when you look at the, the stats, I know all the stats. I do a lot of research. But I can tell you this. If these kids aren't helped, um, they will, you know, turn either to criminal activity or suicide attempts. And, and if domestic violence is in the family, if, they're, if they come from that, and so often they do, a lot of us on NASA came from all of this, um, then they have so much that they have to heal from. They just simply do. And we have organizations that work with the whole family. Um, I had someone on, what was it, last week, Lori, with the one on this house in Newark, um, and they deal with the whole family unit. And that's unique in itself because they don't deal just with the kid at risk, but they also deal with the whole family. If it can be saved, not always is that the answer, but it certainly is a good thing to try and do if you can work with the whole family unit, all right? Um, better than putting them in foster care. Not, I'm not pushing, you know, foster care saying that it's bad. I'm not trying to say that. Many times it's very good. We used to have a, a guy that came on the show and he's very old now. <laughs> he doesn't come on anymore. But um, he had, I, I think it was uh, 35, over the years, 35 foster kids 
He was from Keensburg, New Jersey, and now he's too old. But he'd been doing it for years, he and his wife. And uh, it was evidently a very good, you know, foster care unit. And people, you know this because when they come back years later, say at Christmas time, to give you a gift, or they just give you a call, or they come over and have a cup of coffee with you when they've aged out and grown up, right? You know that you've done a good, a good job, a good job, you know, with these kids. So I'm not at all knocking foster care. Sometimes it's absolutely necessary. Um, that's just the way it is. The children have to be removed because of the family unit. So, you know, anything you can teach people so they can walk away from this conference, you know, is a wonderful thing because they need to be educated. I have to tell you this. Um, too often I've had people say to me, and it just angers me, like you can tell by the way I just said that, <laughs> um, oh, I don't want to talk to uh, Billy or Johnny or Cindy or Sandy or whatever, um, um, because uh, let them be children. Let them be children. Let them enjoy their childhood. Um, and then um, maybe later on we'll sit down and talk. Well, those are going to be the kids who are going to be the prey, P-R-E-Y, of the pedophiles out there, the sex offenders. And, you know, to those children, I really worry about. So we need to change society in the sense of getting them to understand that kids are trafficked out. You speak about that. Um, kids are, you know, um, beaten every day. The ER rooms are full of head trauma because the parents are under too much stress, and that's not uh, that doesn't excuse them. But if their stress level is bad to begin with, um, yeah, a lot of times they take it out on the kids. And uh, so there's so many things with child abuse that definitely needs to be addressed, and people have to listen. We have to get them somehow to listen. So these are all the things, too, you know, that you can always speak about. I did it for a week at a time each year at the conference that I was a part of, Prime Victims Week. That's what it was called. And then COVID hit. That was the end of that. And then DIFUS came in, and they had a grant, and they took over. So I'm not a part of DIFUS. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what happened. But um, I know that it's not quite the same. And I've run into kids in the store where they'd say, Carol, come back. Carol can't go back, not there. But we can still be advocates on our own. There's so many different ways, different ways by putting information in daycare centers. You get it right off of our website, www.nasca.org, and it talks about how to teach your children about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and in ways that won't scare them, the proper way, the intervention that you have listed here, um, intervention, Okay, prevention, intervention, and then, of course, recovery if something does happen. teaches you all about that. And I've used it in many presentations. So I, I applaud you for what you're doing because um, whether it's two days, whether it's seven days, whether it's 15 days, it doesn't matter. The point is you're out there, and I do hope you get a lot of people. I do, too, and I know this show always helps me with that every year. And Bill will be speaking on a panel 
this year um, about media and psychology and how things are being portrayed in the media um, about the psychological effects on that. So he will be doing that, I believe, on the first day. Um, mm-hmm. So he he is going to be an awesome addition to the panel. We have two other people. We have an author who writes thrillers. We have uh, two psychologists uh, who are media psychologists and a forensic psychologist, which is, which is me, who will be mm-hmm. moderating it. And it's going to be an amazing panel and very diverse in DEI. Well, that's wonderful. It sounds exciting. I wish you weren't so far away. <laughs> you know, I'd make it. Anyway, I have to run the show, <laughs> so I can't go anywhere. But, um, yeah, no, that's good. That's great. Um, Lori, is there anything else you want to say? Um, it, other than my good luck and get as much information out there to the most receptive people, because some people are going to show up still and not be as receptive um, because it's you know, it's, it's still learning. And people mm-hmm. take it in differently, and they don't they get uncomfortable, and there mm-hmm. sometimes they I tune things out. So I just hope that you know at this conference they learn if they were like compared to college that you would have a lot of A students walking out the door. So yeah, yeah. this sounds yeah. good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Um, let me see if Philip wants to say something, or if he wants to listen. Philip, what would you like to do? I think he wants to listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you there? Philip? Okay, I'm, I'm going to put him on hold, and I'll go back to him then. That's what I'll do. He may have walked away from the phone. I don't know. But, um, no, this is very, very, um, you know, it, it's very important. A lot of times when you do presentations, you, Lori, you said, you said something. A lot of people are going to be, you know, uncomfortable. They don't want to hear it. Now, that can be because maybe they're a survivor themselves and they have issues that haven't been addressed. Or they just have that mindset, well, you know, just like the people that I speak to that make me so angry. Well, I just don't feel like, you know, hearing this stuff right now. Well, then what are they doing there? <laughs> you know, that always makes me wonder. So sometimes people, you know, do get, you know, squishy in their chair. You can tell that they're uncomfortable. I had um, one presentation that I had done, and um, I guess he's about twenty, twenty-one. I'm going to say, started to cry. And um, I was covering um, physical abuse at that point. Well, I also noticed he had a nice bruise on his face. This is a 21-year-old. And uh, so he came from a background where he was constantly being beaten. And um, so unfortunately, this part, I say unfortunate because this was a part that I had to handle also, and it was with the physical violence that you can, you know, experience at home. So I was triggering him. And he did get up and he left, but he did come back. And I went to one of the professors, and I said, um, okay, I don't know this, this young man, and what is his background? And and they they said to me that, uh, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, he was a, a victim at home and was constantly being beaten. I said, he's 21 years old, but he's still not ready to leave home. So... You know, it's to know how to talk to children. I mean, to me, at 21, they say 26, your brain is finally completely formed. They used to say 25, now they say 26. Um, you have kids like that. Uh, I just, I, my heart broke for him. 
because so many of us on NASCA, we do come from volatile backgrounds. I was one of them. Lori was another one um, where there is so much of that going on. So people need to hear this. Those who are going to be educators, those who are going to be advocates, whatever the case might be, they need to learn more. And I'm going to tell you something, Mm -hmm. Dr. Warren, when I was giving presentations over there, I found out and realized that even a lot of the professors didn't know enough about child abuse. I was shocked. No. Yeah. They don't know. And, no. And I'm always thinking, and it's interesting because they they always are blown away about some of the things they say, like just getting access, you know. Mm-hmm. The fact that you take, take access away Detours most people who have those thoughts about children because it's too difficult. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to groom them, right? And they also know that you probably have educated your kid to say something. So they're not going to bother with you. They want low-hanging fruit. They want fruit that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Yes, they do. And we know that, okay, we know that. Like kids in, in the schoolyard, a lot of times they'll hang around by the schoolyards, we know this. And um, and they they look for kids that, uh, you know, they have their heads down. They suffer from low self-esteem. And, and all these things, they, they feel bad about themselves. You can see it because, <clears throat> excuse me, they come from volatile backgrounds where maybe they're being beaten at home or they're one of the emotional abuse. Well, many times that isn't really spoken about enough is the emotional abuse because, um, and that's unfortunate because, uh, quite frankly, there's so many kids who are told that they're stupid, they're never going to amount to anything, and all those things that they hear, those negativity, all the negativity that's there, and they grow up with those scars that, uh, you know, children go through, and then they have to work through. They have to get the help that they need. Otherwise, forget about it. Those are the ones that can commit suicide, okay? So there's so much to teach people. It just never ends. It never ends. Yeah, it never ends. It's it, it booming going on out here. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if that's gunshots. <laughs> it's pouring rain. Who would be out in oh. this? Well, I'm not going to go I, and see. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be stupid here. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what the heck that is. Um, but anyway, it's it's interesting that you're going to talk about all these things because it's something that needs to be spoken about. And I'm so happy every time I hear of conferences like this, um, it's definitely getting the um, information out, and that's what's so important. And then you're going to come back on the 12th, aren't you, all of you, whatever? And, I will be and on the 12th, yes. That's good. And um, we'll be talking about, you know, how everything went and so forth. And that will be interesting to, to listen to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I'll have Tommy with me on that day talking about his book, which will be a lot um, for people mm-hmm. to understand. But you can also see him at the script conference and hear his story. So it will kind of be a way to, you know, um, get your feet wet into his, his keynote speech, but also know um, what you may be in for and what he can really teach you, and, you know, because that book was a process, and I'm so proud to have been a part of that, you know, um, and and it really is going to help and touch a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. He sounds very young to me. I don't know, but I'm kind of old, so maybe that's why he sounds young. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think I think Tommy and I are about the same age. Um, so uh, young, probably middle age ish. Um, middle age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, but his story. I mean, you know, he was he was incarcerated when he was very young, and he spent many years in there. Um, and then he got out, and he raised his kids and changed his life. And to hear his story of how he changed and how he got to where he's at today is is an amazing thing. It's it's an amazing thing um, to have been a part of and to help and support him and show him along the way. Um, and his book, The Roofs Don't Leak, um, was edited by my daughter. Um, and myself, I taught her how to edit a book uh, for this. I'm always teaching, right? And um, so proud of her for doing that. Um, and, you know, it is on Amazon. It is on Barnes & Noble. It's in Russia, Germany. Um, you can get it in many, many places. And um, if you come to script, you can get it at a discounted rate. And you can also get it signed by him. Oh, that's good. That's very, very good. Yeah, let me ask you something. You just said something, and uh, because my book made it to Japan, and I didn't even know it was going to do this. Um, did you? Did he self-publish, or how did he do that? I'm just curious. Or, um, or did I he? Uh, Script actually published it. So Script has a publishing arm. Okay. okay. And, and they I helped that for my. Yeah, I needed that for my own information because. I don't know how the heck my book made it to Japan. I mean, I'm happy. And then it was in Down Under. Oh, I can tell you how I got there. I I can answer that question for you if you really want to know. Um, Yeah, I would. So so whoever you got distribution from, or if you Mm -hmm. self-published it yourself, and -hmm. you put it out there, you paid to have it distributed in certain markets. Certain markets um, get it in certain um, areas. And if you click international, it will go international. Then that market will buy the book and start distributing it. Also, you have people who will buy the book, get copies, and then they will up the copy for their country because it's a limited supply. And so then your book will end up in different places than you even expect. Amazing. Now, my husband was helping me. Okay, he's he edited the book, and um, I think he just simply, you know, got on on the horn, if you will, on the phone, and um, he really should discuss that with me first. But it did end up all over the place. So, it, but that's okay. All right, that's all right, because what we need to do is to talk about this abuse that we all go through. You know, your, you know, your son and, and like people like myself and Lori and, and all the, everybody out there. All right who's been abused, and hoping that, you know, that society will learn from it. It's so it's so important. And, you know, it's, right. a, it's a topic that a lot of times people don't want to talk to or about. And, and yet uh, I had gone to a book club that was a large one. And since I was the new person there, I had to stand up and talk about my book, what it was about. And... I didn't realize that these people were talking about vacations and uh, beautiful birds, <laughs> okay, and all this other stuff. And, and I, I stood up and I, I had to de- describe my book, what it was about. Well, you could have heard a, a pin drop, and that one person spoke to me afterwards. <laughs> I went to that wow. book club. Yeah. I went to that book club about eight times. Mm-hmm. I kept giving them a chance. 
And um, plus I needed some more information because that was I had never written a book before. And I didn't know quite what to do with it. So um, finally someone sat down with me, which was very kind of her, and she explained things to me, and then that's how I got it, yes, through self-publishing. But she explained to me how to do it because I never did it. Where these are the people, you know, they didn't want any part of me because of the subject matter. And unfortunately, that's what we're dealing with in society. Now, because it is now on the news, it's on TV, and we have movies that are coming out, you know, um, about kids who have been abused. I mean, we never had that before, certainly not when I wrote my book. And, um, you know, so the point is, it is, there's more awareness. But still, when all we need people to care and to understand what it does to a child, and like it's written here, and I've seen this number before, $124 billion per year is is the cost to society associated with child abuse and neglect. It exceeds $124 billion per year. And that's where you have these psychologists. Kids have to go and get help. I mean, uh, some have to be institutionalized because maybe they, you know, what happened to them was so severe. Um, and so that, that that's costly too. And then, of course, the juvenile detention, the, the system that way, the court costs and, and, and uh, to house them. And uh, I worked with a, a group home for the emotionally disturbed. And, of course, I have privy all, all that, for, you know, all the information as to their background, and so often, again, and I need to stress this, we all do, is that there was abuse in the family. It starts many times in the family unit. Yes, a lot of us get abused outside of the family unit, too. I had both. So I get it. I understand. But they need to look more inside the home. They do. Absolutely. Yeah. It, a lot of it starts in the home. I mean, people know my husband's story from my TED Talk. And if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, you can go to the website and uh, watch it, drdebrawarner.net. And it was all in the family, you know. Um, and it, it's interesting to hear. And people just say, oh, it's just on the rug, and they don't want to talk about it. Well, you need to talk about it because that's how you stop it. The more you talk, the more people won't do it. Right, and you can have any view you want to have, but just don't enact that on someone else. Right? Right. You know, it's right. you know, keep it to yourself. You know, don't hurt someone else with your point of view and your belief system. You know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. not okay. Mhm, mhm. That's right. We should mention her book. Yes, um, his story, her story, and that's uh, that's on um, no. Actually, you have to, I think, contact her to get the no, book. It's a, it's Is it on Amazon now or what? Hmm? It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, it's everywhere, Russia. It's, it's, oh, I, yeah, I wasn't so sure. I wasn't sure. Yeah. See, I'm having a little trouble hearing now because we have such a storm going here now. And uh, that's okay. why I was surprised there was all that boom, booming going on out there with the the, the storm. So I hope I don't lose anybody. But anyway, um, yeah, his story, her story, and and that was quite a story. It it must be hard. I'm just going to say this, um, which was never in my case and a lot of people's. I mean, this is more of a unique thing, I think. Um, Will you marry a person who has been abused? And, um, you know, then you have to deal with whatever they go through, you know. 
behavior, all kinds of stuff. And certainly that person needs help, and you know, to keep the marriage together. So um, that's an interesting book. So a lot of people are writing books. It also has a um, a course that goes along with it on the Listen and Love University. So if you want to get the book and you want to do, do the course, you can do both, and you'll hear me talking through the chapters. Well, that's good. I love it when people write books, and then they also, too, have like a workbook. And um, yes. because that you learn a lot from the workbook. Let me tell you something. I'm the night owl for uh, NASCA, too, <laughs> right? And, but I stay up all night, okay? Don't feel sorry for me because I worked so many shift works in hospital settings and all this other stuff, and that's the way it was. It's part of the job. So I'm used to being the night owl. But um, sometimes I'll have almost a week, almost a week, where there's no phone calls coming in, and then all of a sudden I get flooded, all right, flooded. And And these people, they need to talk. And, you know, because we have the contact page, that's right on the uh, the website there, um, we're available. All those people that are on there, and it says after me, night owl, so they know they can call me in the a.m. But you see, many times when people don't have someone to call, if they have the book and they have a, a workbook, they can at least go to the workbook, which, you know, explains maybe they're having flashbacks. I'm, I'm just using that, okay? And there'll be a, a section on, on flashbacks and, and how to handle them and not to be afraid of them. You know, flashbacks many times are the mind is letting go information, and it does it slowly a lot of times. But all of a sudden, boom, you get hit with a flashback. And it's the mind saying, okay, I want you to see this. <laughs> okay. So that's how I explain it to people at 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, and we talk about that. But, um, you know, it's good to have a workbook so that, all right, you have the original book, which gives the story, you know, of the, like in her case, uh his story and and her story, and uh, then also too you have a workbook to go along with it, so you can turn to it, um, you know, in, in case you're having a problem. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. And I like yeah. also too that um, more uh, books are coming out for kids. You know, mm-hmm. like. Um, that way parents, if they don't, they feel so often, you know this, they feel so um, uncomfortable speaking about, you know, sexual abuse to their children. And yet it's it's the way of the world. There's so much of it in it, okay? I think it's a part of parenting. Yes, you can teach your children across the street, but you better teach them about the good, the bad, and the ugly too. So when they have, you know, books for children, um, I think that's very good also because, you know, age appropriate, everything, age level, um, starting out very young and then going to very, you know, to teenage years, um, you know, where they have books that uh, cover all that area. That's very good also. And we're getting more of that now. It's really, really something that's important. So I have, my mind is always going, okay? (laughs) It is. And uh, if Bill was here, he'd say, so is your mouth. <laughs> we tease each other like crazy, Bill and I do. So, um, but it's 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 all educational, though. It's all about trying to, you know, to help people for awareness and then also to hoping that they'll uh, understand and, and again, um, become involved, more involved, not be afraid to make that phone call. 
You can stay anonymous. See, people have to understand this. They can stay anonymous. They don't have to give their name. Hey, I'm down the street. Give the name the street. This is what I'm seeing. We need help here. And then, you know, hang up. That's all you have to do. And you've done your job. You may have saved a life. So this yep. is the way I talk to people. And it's it's true. You know. So we all have to do our, our, you know, step up a little bit. All the people in communities, I think that's something that really needs to be addressed. Community matters. We used to have a, a show. I don't know if you remember that or not, but a show called Community Matters. And um, we don't have that anymore. That was a part of NASCA, too. And um, a lot of times it had a lot of good information. We had someone that would, um, you know, do a lot of research like I do now and have done for some years and uh, bring forth articles, and uh, we would discuss the articles and, and how did it make the kids feel or the person, as they was an adult who had gotten hit over the head or whatever. It could be something, um, I'm not going to say as simple as that, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but, you know, how does that make people feel and, and what happens to them and what happens if they don't get help? I mean, it's written right here, too. You know, uh, again, the cost to society associated with child abuse and neglect exceed $124 billion a year. I've been seeing that number for the last, I don't know, maybe four or five years or something, and that's why it's good that exceeds is put in there because I'm sure that it's even more than that now, and that's terrible. But child abuse has skyrocketed. It's gone way up, way up. And it was bad enough before. So when you have take those things into consideration, if ever there was courses that were needed, it's now, so that people can learn, you know, and take that what they what they get from the course and apply it even maybe in their own home. Absolutely, and and that's yeah. the whole point of providing things that are. You know that people want to know and that, and that is relatable and that they can use in their home. You know, one of the things mm-hmm. that I you know, get called to this panel to testify. One of the things that they tell me is that I speak in language people can understand, and that's the right. point. You don't want to speak above people's heads, or you don't want to talk in a way people don't understand, right? You want to speak mm-hmm. in a way and deliver information in a way that you can apply it to the world. If not, what's the point? What's the point in making a change if you cannot talk to people in a relatable way? Mhm, mhm. Believe me, I don't believe in being fancy. <laughs> okay, I'm just myself all the time. I think people do appreciate that too, because if you are going to speak on such a high level, technical, you know, uh, level that they don't understand, then they lose interest in what you're saying. Mhm. Mhm. But if you speak to them. Like uh, like you'd speak to your neighbor or, or, you know, somebody else that you like. Hopefully you like your neighbor. You know what I'm saying? Like a friend down the street. Um, you know, and you're relaxed with that person. You're relaxed with the people that you're presenting your presentation to. Then they, too, relax, and they're, they're going to absorb better what you say. Absolutely. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So we've had quite a few that, I don't know, I guess they had to go somewhere or whatever. And I was having a little trouble with the um, computer before because now the storm has stopped, okay? And uh, we have about 20 minutes left. So who do I have on the line here? 213, 
Who's that? That's not part of your people, I don't think. Is it? No. That's something else. Okay. Um, 213 area code. Who am I speaking to? I don't think they want to talk. Okay, I'll just save it. Okay, we'll put on save and then put them back on hold. You know, um, sometimes people are just too bashful, you know, to come on air. And look at the the nice conversations we're having. It's so easy. And so they're they're scared, you know what I'm saying? The thought of being on air actually scares them, and they just uh, would rather just listen. And that's fine, too. That's fine, too. Because you do learn, you know, even if you're not talking, you don't have to talk. You can just listen and then take from it what you get. Right. And, you know, my son was nervous and he did an amazing job, you know. And, uh, you know, you just just have to come on and talk and talk about the issues. The more you talk, the more better. But I do understand people who can't talk and who have a hard time with that, you know, because Mm -hmm. it is sometimes very intimidating for people to talk in front of others. You know, some of us get that naturally, and some of us have to really work at it. So I do understand that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just so used to it. (laughs) Huh? Yeah. I still want to hear from them, and they can talk in the chat also. I think we have a chat feature, and, you know, there's other ways to communicate, you know. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. But I I don't know. Um, I do a lot of talking. (laughs) I do. And then I have to stop myself. Because I want people to, you know, to talk also and feel comfortable in doing that. And um, they don't call me the mouth for nothing, <laughs> okay? I do so much research for NASCA that I have, I'm, like, bubbling over with um, information. And I, I want people out there to understand that um, it is a community issue. And it is for everyone, you know, to get involved you know, to to be more involved. And uh, I I think uh, if people would understand that, maybe, just maybe, you know, there would be less less problems. I remember years ago, okay, if you did something wrong at one end of the block, by the time you got to the other end of the block, your parents knew about it, (laughs) okay? Because this would be on the phone talking to that one. That one would be on the phone talking to that. And before you knew it, of course, my you know my mother and my stepfather knew. I mean, that's just the way that it was. That's the way that it was. And um, that wasn't such a bad thing, if you think about it. Maybe a little embarrassing at times. But on the other hand, the, the mother and, and father figure whatever, um, knew that there was a problem, and then they could deal with it, and hopefully in, in a proper way. Okay, and uh, but that was where people was talking still to people and communicating. Right. Communication. You have communications in here too. I saw it somewhere, and and mm-hmm. that is just so yes, that is just so important with the communication angle. So this is all very good. I'm I'm really happy with this. Yeah. So um, there's something else you want to talk about. Let's see. Oh yeah, the health problems. Mm-hmm. See, isn't it funny? See, people don't realize that when they've uh, been so horribly abused to that number. I think oh, they came back on again. The with the uh, health problems, that's a definite. That's a definite. Sometimes it's psychosomatic. 
And uh, and I, I will bring that up because a lot of times when people go to a doctor, oh, I ache here, I ache there, I ache here. And, and if it's not uh, fibromyalgia, then it's psychosomatic, but it's still the body yelling. Many times, say if it was the legs, I'll just use that as an example. Well, maybe they were hitting the legs a lot. I was. Maybe they have too many headaches. Because they're getting punched in the head, right? So the body is responding to stimuli that already happened, and it was unfavorable, you know. So it, it affects you, but it also affects your heart. You have it here, um, how it can affect your heart, and that's true also. I had terrible panic attacks. It turned into disorder. And one day I asked a doctor who was saying that I had heart problems, um, Thankfully, it's only one leak right now. I pray to God it stays that way. Um, not operable because it's too small. But on the other hand, I did ask him, you know, I had an awful lot of panic attacks. I'm over them now, can you tell? Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I had a lot of panic attacks when I was a kid growing up. And it started age of nine in New York and lasted until 49. That's a lot of years to go through panic attacks. So I said, do you think that damaged my heart? Because you have heart written here. Do you think that it damaged my heart? Yeah. And he said, absolutely. Because if your heart is, it's another muscle, right? Um, If it's taxed too much, if it's beating too fast too much, well, then certainly that muscle is going to wear out, isn't it? Just like any other muscle. And then, of course, you mentioned here the mental health problems that go along with it. Um, many people, they actually can be bipolar. Um, I worked in Gravestone Psychiatric. We had schizophrenics. We had, um, well, we also had murderers. They held, we housed them. We had police on the grounds. And I did work with them. Um, but we had the sociopaths and the psychopaths, and we had the schizophrenics and and then those with the antisocial behavior and, and all this other stuff, everything you find in, in that type of hospital setting. And um, they many times came from bad backgrounds. It's, it's a fact. So that's why the script conference is so important. It's so important because, quite frankly, um, with all the things that you're going to talk about, uh, you're going to be educating people. So I thank you. Thank you. That's yeah. the whole point, right? It's mm-hmm. educating people the work out there. Mhm. That's right. Because we have to become a different people, and that's not going to happen overnight. Don't forget, I've been here 13 years. And it's, I can just now start seeing a change. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Um, when you work with so many different people and being the night owl that I am, and you're talking to so many different people and then running the shows and all this stuff, whatever we do, all the things we do, um, you see a difference or you don't. And I have to say that I am starting to see a difference that people are being they're more concerned. And I have to also add to that. Too, like with the school system, where so much bullying goes on and things like that. Um, people are getting fined. And when you hit the pocketbook, <laughs> right, you know that old saying, when you hit the pocketbook, 
okay, then people tend to uh, care a little bit more. It's too bad it has to be that way. Instead of the common decency, they should care if a kid is, say, being beaten up down the street or whatever. Um, They should care. But if they get, you know what I'm saying, if they get fined because they did know and didn't say anything, then all of a sudden, oh, people are starting to listen. Go ahead. No, I mean, you know, people people have to be able to be decent to each other, right? And we just have to put things in place for that to happen, mm-hmm. you know? Because yeah. mm-hmm. you said mm-hmm. fine, correct? You said a fine? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, sometimes that's not even going to work. It, it has to be a consequence that people will buy into, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, whatever it takes to wake people up is what we have to do. Right. And, right. and those of us, yes, and those of us who are survivors, um, we know it all too well. I don't want people to become too complacent. Sometimes they come on the show and um, they think it's a good show and all this other stuff. They tell their story, okay, and then all of a sudden they disappear. <laughs> all right. They told their story. And, um, oh, they seem to make some chatty friends on, online here and, and you know, on, on NASCA and so forth. And then all of a sudden um, they've gotten to where they want to be maybe in their healing. And uh, then they, unfortunately, they they take a walk and they don't come back. And, and that's unfortunate when that happens because when you're a survivor of severe, especially severe child abuse, but trauma is trauma. We don't take a measuring stick. But when you have been a survivor of, of child abuse, you can be uh, used, if you will, so much in society, you know, by going to libraries and holding little conferences there. Or you can go to, you know, the universities. You don't have to, but you can. Um, you can put up um, all kinds of information. I make many copies uh, at times. I do this. And I'll go into daycare centers. Also, you have to ask permission first, all right? Um, I'll go into food stores. You know where they have the bulletin boards. People are selling cards. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're offering services. I ask permission if I can hang, you know, information about child abuse. Mm-hmm. I never make it too graphic, but say like the signs, the signs of child abuse. And then put down, you know, like even the one eight hundred four child number is something that is international. It can be it's it's, you know, like a national number. Um uh people can use that all over. They can call that number and I know because I called at two o'clock in the morning and they were there. There wasn't a machine there were trained counselors there. So you see, when you have organizations like that who mean business, that too is a big help. A big help. Right. Right. Yes. So and all these I don't, go ahead. Together is, go ahead. No, all these organizations banding together is what needs to happen, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all of us work doing that, getting the message out. I mean, that's what script's about. We all come together. But even after the conference, it's working throughout the year, you know, stopping child abuse, stopping these things, working together, 
You know, that is what's going to make this something that is, you know, stopped in our community. And we have to realize we're brothers and sisters in this together, regardless. And so we have to work together. Well, we have, you know, I mean, most communities have, um, like, Block Watch and and, um, one of some of the others, Neighborhood Watch, Crime Watch, Guardian Angels, too, are involved with this. Yes, they are. We have somebody trying to get in the last few minutes. Um, I told her to press 1. She has to press 1. It's Captain Young. I think that may be the 213 number. Um, So... Oh, there is a two one three number here. Yes, there is. Yeah. Um, so I told her. All right. Let me. One. I'm going to open up her mic, okay, so she can talk. Okay. Go ahead. I'm okay. sorry. I didn't know you were there. Mm-hmm. I'm here. How are you? Great conversation tonight. Well, well thank you. This is Captain Young. This is Captain Young, one of the first black female police captains in the nation, and she is speaking on script at Scripps about many, many topics, and she also teaches courses on active shooter training at the Listen and Love University, and she has been my partner in crime forever. And, you know, and so I just want to highlight that and thank her so much for calling in. Well, thank you, Dr. Warner. It's been my pleasure. We talk about so many different topics. I'm really committed to all my topics, but especially this one on child abuse. Mm-hmm. There's so many ramifications that um, can occur, not only from the victim, but the uh, perpetrator, the suspects, the community, criminal justice. It's just so many different uh, avenues that child abuse can take. That's and right. as I was listening, it uh, made me think about what happened during the pandemic when we were dealing uh-huh. with the lockdown shutdown and you have children in the home with the suspect perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah. And now, thank goodness, when the schools open, because the teachers are our first reporters, they they yeah. recognize the signs in children, the differences that happens when they're being abused, both physically and sexually. But just think back a few years when children were in the same home with the perpetrator for over a year. Yes. Terrible. First of all, yeah. the socialization um, skills are, are taken away. But, you know, you have to stay in the house. And then um, so they can't play with their friends, really, all right? And and then uh, number two, um, they're not teachers. The parents are not teachers. They haven't been trained to be teachers. I mean, even in the best of settings, all right? Um, and, and that causes a problem. They, in fact, they've, they talk about it on TV all the time. Kids are very far behind in math. Math is always a hard uh, subject for a lot of people, whether there's abuse going on in the home or not. And um, so, you know, the skills are, are way off. They're way behind. And then if you have your perpetrator right there in the house, I did, okay, and, and several different times, different houses that I lived in, um, it was very, it's very difficult. And, and if you can't get away from them, even, you know, for the time to go to school, so you can get away from these awful people, um, and I will say awful people because that's what they are, um, then, you know, where where can you find comfort? Where can you where can you just go? You can't do anything. You can't go out and run. I turned into a runner. I love to run. It made me feel better. I turned into an athlete. It made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how I got rid of my pent-up hate, feelings of hate, okay, and fear. Okay, same thing. I think the two go together. And um, 
So you could you can't do that if 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 you're you know have a pandemic out there for God's sake and you can't breathe the air you're afraid to breathe the air and and you know your perpetrator is right there in the house then yes those children okay certainly suffered horribly I'm sure I'm sure in my book I put when the doorknob turned I knew I was in trouble that was my bedroom door yes so you see. When you have the perpetrator inside, okay, of the home, one of your perpetrators, for God's sake, you can't get away. There's no way to go. No. Nope. And that's that's horrific. And those kids really need to be washed. I needed to be washed, too, by the time I was 17. I have a nice little scar on my wrist. You bet. Because, you know, you can only take so much. Mm-hmm. You can only take so much. And um, for me, I mean, being on talk shows and, and going out and doing the things that I do and have done in the past, that w- that's an outlet for me, and it's venting, and it's good. And, again, what you're doing, okay, uh, for the script conference, and it says here Thursday, July 20th, and Friday, July 21st, okay, um, that's when you're going to have this event, and um, we'll be looking forward to you coming back, you know, to, to talk about it. Absolutely. We'll come back on Wednesday to talk about it, so please join us. And you can come back. That would be great because we're going to have Tommy on that day, um, mm-hmm. and so we'll be talking about violence and trauma from that perspective, and it's going to be a great event. So, again, go to thescriptconference.com and register for the event. You can also um, go to Dr. DrDebraWarner.net and look at all the products and merch and everything that we talked about. And you'll have a link to the LLU for Captain Young's courses on active shooter training and police suicide. So please, please, please go and do that. Okay. Now I have to end the show because that went very fast, by the way. It did. And I'd like to talk more. I like talking to you. <laughs> but um, the show is, is basically over. It is. So I have to play the music, and we'll be talking to you again soon. And and uh, have a wonderful, wonderful script conference. I just told I have ten seconds, so I have to say good night. So good night, God bless, and stay safe. Okay, we'll talk soon. Bye bye now. Good night. Good night. Okay. Hmm. There you go. It is first. Okay. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.